Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series. I'm Abhishek and I have with me the deputy editor of Forbes India, Shishir Prasad. Hi, Shishir again. Hello, Abhishek. Good and to be back. Thanks. And uh, you, you are easily the cover story specialist and a podcast veteran. <laughs> because I think you've been there for almost every third issue that comes out and we are here again. So tell us about this uh, issue's cover story. It's much like the previous two issues. Uh, here you're not chasing any fortnightly news. It's far more uh, looking ahead in 2011. So what's it about and what was the rationale of uh, doing this? Yeah, interesting question. I'm here today in this podcast only because in some ways I just sort of made sure that all these pieces fell in place because each of those individual things that we have done in this cover story has been done by a range of our senior editors. But it's simply because of logistical challenges. Right. Not everybody can be there on the call because there are, I think, six or seven guys who have written different, different aspects. Right. So that's number one. We could have gone with perhaps a news flow driven kind of a cover. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we chose this was one key reason was that as we ended the last year, there were a lot of, uh, you know, sort of negative sentiments, you know, some this scam and the other, that right. scam kind of breaking out. So we felt that, look, maybe when we ended the last year, which was on a rather cheery note with Forbes Person of the Year and then, you know, opened the year with our investment special, maybe we ought not to underestimate the risks that are there to the you know, general business scenario and even otherwise. So we decided that, okay, now that we are all uh, aware of the year ahead and we are aware of, of the possibilities that it brings, we must also take a quick look at the kind of thing that might derail that possibility or not actually that's a wrong metaphor, perhaps deny those possibilities. So the cautious optimism what, is how you want to look 2011. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And the year has begun with those sort of things already, right? Even on the economic front, you know, with uh, some of the prices running, running away right. or yeah. the markets being a little shaky. And even other aspects. So we thought, you know, we'll probably catch on to that uh, pulse mm-hmm. and develop a story. So the story is really about the conflict. And when we say conflict, we mean it not in the a war zone sense of the world. Mm-hmm. That this is not about debate. Uh, this is a conflict in the civil sense of the world where, you know, you agree with me and I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. But as we go through with this process, we hopefully will reach a point which is better than both our initial starting positions. Let's start with the first conflict that you put out in the story, saying that let's talk about the person who holds one of the most difficult and thankless jobs in India, that's Pranab Mukherjee, our uh, finance minister. And uh, see, he's facing with a problem, which you also rightly mentioned, that the food inflation is right up there at 18.32%. And on the other hand, the IMF is predicting that India will grow at 8.8% in 2011. What does that mean in, in layman terms? And what, what are the challenges that you think uh, Mukherjee faces in 2011, briefly? Well, I mean, you can get into you know details of economic policy, and that was mm-hmm. a broadly your challenge, I think, which we are trying to point out in that particular one, is the fact that you've got a great story going. And obviously, you know, that growth is bringing in investment, and it's also giving rise to a positive consumer sentiment. A lot of our GDP is related to consumer spending. Mm-hmm. Now, that's on one hand. But as that has happened, you've seen inflation, which is the rise in prices. Basically, nobody wants inflation at a very high rate in any which way, and mm-hmm. certainly not food inflation, right. right? Which affects even the you know the poorest. So now, if you want to arrest that, there is a risk that you might put. You might want to you know uh, clamp down on the way economy is growing. But if you do that, mm-hmm. you might just send the economy into a sh- bit of a shock by trying to tone it down. So, so that's the other challenge that you face, that how do I continue to grow and not let prices go out of hand? 
economy a growing economy would want to borrow more and that is, that is that is true that is true that is one clear part that you know mm-hmm. you know that can be managed because we are a growing economy and right. you know tax revenues are at a fairly you know reasonable level and all that but the the other problem is that because we are a growing economy we've had till about a month back very healthy inflow of foreign currency and when when that comes in you know your currency appreciate and so that hits the other class of your industry which is exporters managing all the three is always a challenge but it is especially true because you've just come off a rather lean period in economic terms in 2008 and 2009 so just when everybody thought that oh, okay now we are back in party mode again you're faced with this dilemma and that's why we felt that how we tackle this particular issue is uh, is going to be challenging yeah and and i guess uh, you've also carried out the sentiment in the other article or the other subject that is being covered and which you also happen to be a, a resident expert at Forbes India is that of telecom in very simple terms what is the challenge that kapil sibal is facing and what can he do or at least aspire to do this year considering how the last few months have gone by rather than get into the old historical problems in telecom is those people who want to read up on european history it's almost like the balkan history you know mm-hmm. They did this to me 10 years ago, but no, they did that to my forefathers, you know, 40 years ago, that kind of stuff. So it's like a loop within a loop. So, you know, you can completely lose your way there. Broadly, I think the issue is you've got to figure out if there is a valuable natural resource that the government sits on, how is it that it can be given to people, that when I say people, I mean people who are going to use that and make money off it in a way that benefits the public exchequer maximum to the maximum amount and also do it in a transparent way right. which has not been done in telecom at all the reason the sector is in a kind of regulatory mess is because we've never been able to fix that problem we've always gone by a series of ad hoc measures why is that problem is that in a government once you set a precedent mm-hmm. it becomes very hard to sort of you know undo it it wasn't done in a proper way to begin with and we've had it like you know off and on and it's a subject of only debate so right. that's one thing you can do the other thing is you know we've always been afraid of uh, letting market forces sort of consolidate the sector because we feel that you know people who have got this expensive natural resource will try and use that in arbitrage think mm-hmm. you again that's the market distorting mechanism if you don't allow people to merge and acquire then all kinds of funny things will happen people will either operate at sub optimal capacity or they'll go through a series of benami holdings or you know a pyramid of kind of structures to to achieve that purpose which is sub optimal from i think various ways and that's another thing which has happened if you see a lot of holdings in various companies are you know quite uh, dodgy so broadly we've said a couple of things you must do which is that you know spectrum which is the natural resource i was talking about should be based on a mechanism that gets indian government at the right and the fair price and we should be able to do it transparently there should not be any intervention required there so you decide on who who qualifies for bidding based on that the bidding results you allocate it so everybody knows who's done what and the second thing is to to make sure that uh, you know you, you allow mergers and acquisitions so that the industry can take its uh, rightful uh, sort of size 
in terms of economic terms so that's right. the second one the and third one was a uh, another uh, that was not a very major point you say that you know if at all it is possible to move the armed forces to a different band so that that spectrum can be used for civilian purposes of course that could be a creative solution but might not be seen coming at least yeah, in 2011 there are practical issues opposed to it i'm sure mm-hmm. it was if it was that easy yeah. it would have been done by now true and also the point of voice relief comes back again that you and rohin had spoken a few podcasts ah, back relief, yeah. that is yeah. you know the additional spectrum may not exactly be used for 3d but just to provide voice relief that is your calls don't drop in the evening and while you are driving on flyovers you suddenly the call doesn't drop so hopefully we'll see a bit of that in 2011 if the spectrum allocation is taken and is it no, actually that applied will be solved because that the 3g spectrum is getting allocated and those services will start so that will happen uh-huh. we were talking more about you know doing a holistic treatment of the sector so that in uh-huh. future uh-huh. this problem doesn't drop up moving ahead for lack of time we are taking the important headings that uh, the cover story covered is uh, the car industry where the government is granting subsidies to electric cars and as well as to the ones in two wheelers the, the equivalent uh, do you see there is a market for these cars at least in the immediate future that's what the debate is about the person who's done that piece teaser under and he talks about this he says that what you want to do is you want to promote good behavior and good behavior is to well some will argue that good behavior is not to drive a car at all public transport but right. let's say the next best thing to the perfectly good behavior would mm-hmm. be to drive a energy efficient car right so now how do you make sure that how do you promote that globally what has happened is there is in between which is called an hybrid which is part electric part fossil fuel driven like toyota and, prius or prius yeah all uh, prius all those things get some government relief so the prices are brought down and so therefore people are encouraged to buy them mm-hmm. uh, now here what we have done is that i think we have gone for an all electric version Right. that only an all electric car will get this kind of a benefit mm-hmm. and which is admirable but there are issues not too many of those gadis are available the price value equation for many of those things doesn't fit the consumer preference at the moment mm-hmm. perhaps the infrastructure that is needed to support an all electric car doesn't exist the whole debate is you know should we be uh, promoting i mean should we be going completely electric if you do that then how do you make sure that uh, you know people don't try and pass off a lamb as a as a wolf that you know the the cosmetic changes that try and claim the subsidy right so there are opposing forces at work for, for for people who are who want to give the subsidy obviously obviously want to be very clear that you know nobody should be able to dodge this mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. so they have gone and done the black and white sort of a classification which is all electric all electric may not be what the market wants and if you want to promote what the market wants then there is many shades of those and so therefore how will you go about and achieve that purpose right so it's a catch 22 if you have if you pass. yeah it's a bit of a catch 22 right. in in a desire for regulatory clarity mm-hmm. and what the market wants there is obviously a chasm there which is not bridged as yet and the substitute to all of this just the other day murli devra he demanded or requested rather a release of 10000 crore from our finance minister because the the public sector undertakings are losing up to 275 crores each day that also happens to be one of your subjects that you cover one of the nine that natural gas pricing will be another area of conflict or a decision points about where india and the economy is going isn't that right In- one of the areas where right. we need to watch out for the kind of pricing that is finally arrived for this particular uh, sector we uh-huh. are mostly concentrating on the gas the natural gas side of the story here in this so we don't see too many variations happening there at the moment right because I I, you mentioned about uh, reliance rl saying that although the cost of drilling has gone up uh, 
but uh, they have to sell yeah, at so the same yeah so that's one of the demands i suppose right and yeah. they have to sell it at the same price at which which was fixed by the empowered Correct. group of ministers is what i read Correct. they can't do much about it and uh, a couple of more before we log off is the basic necessity that uh, much of india is uh, hankering about is that of food where you talk about that you know the congress manifesto that was released in 2009 they promised a few things but uh, not much has been done about it like for example by 2012 uh, the below the poverty line families will get 25 kg of rice or wheat a month uh, at rupees 3 per kg if that has to happen then much of the work should have already been started but it hasn't happened as yet and the work is going on because i mm-hmm. said that that's the area of debate again and there's a conflicting viewpoints on that one mm-hmm. how much and at what price i think fundamentally those are the two questions that still to be debated though that number might be down in their manifesto but for government is probably uh, you know they have to execute so they probably are uh, wondering about what is the right level for those two variables i think it's been 3 weeks since the onion prices have been more than 65 to 100 rupees per kg and uh, post pakistan banning the export through the land route so we are talking about two things one is the common man and the the food which is supposed to be below the poverty line so lots of things to be taken care there then in 2011 I mean, obviously, I mean, those all those things in some ways relate to some of the conflicts that talked about. Indirectly, work their way through the, the issue that you just mentioned. Well, so those were the the topics that have been discussed in this podcast. But there is a lot more that you can look forward to. There are nine big issues that the cover story tackles. So go pick this issue's cover story. Thanks a lot, Sishir, for your time again. Thanks so much, Abhishek. Thank you. And you can get this podcast on Forbes India website. That is business.in.com as well as theindicas.com. and you can subscribe to forbes by messaging forbes to 51818 that's 51818 thanks a lot sishir again thanks a lot bye bye